Hey there, friend. It's Clarissa, founder of Blossoming Fertility and the host of the Fertility Friends podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Listen, I know the path to motherhood isn't always easy, and you don't have to go through it alone. After experiencing my own fertility challenges, I discovered a passion for helping other women because I believe that everyone's fertility journey is unique and beautiful in its own way. As your new fertility friend, I'm here to support you through the tough times, to encourage you to keep going, and to restore your belief in your body's ability to get and stay pregnant. Grab your cup of tea, get cozy, and join me here each week for education, heartfelt conversations that'll warm your soul, and inspiring stories to help you feel seen and understood along the way. Listen in, because this one's for you, my friend. Hey there, friend. I'm really excited to chat with you today because I am going to be sharing my fertility journey. And I've been wanting to share this for a while. It's definitely been on my heart. And this is a big reason why I wanted to start this podcast. And I think you'll you'll understand as I go through the journey a little bit more But I just wanted to emphasize, too, that I have been in your shoes. I have absolutely felt very alone, very confused, just really hopeless throughout my journey. And the reason that I created this podcast is because I want to be able to help you feel less alone as you're going through your own fertility journey. I know for me, I wish I had had somebody to talk to about what I was going through and somebody that would just relate to how I was feeling and what I was going through. So that's really ultimately why I started this podcast. So I hope by me sharing a little bit more about my journey, you're able to feel less alone along the way, but also the goal of the podcast too, with interviewing other women and sharing their stories is that you see a little bit of yourself in their journeys and their stories as well. So I'm looking forward to being able to share more with you. But for now, I thought I would kick it off and get started by sharing more about my own fertility journey. So um, yeah, let's get into it. I think I, I want to take it back before we even started trying, way, way before we started trying, really. And I just want everybody to know, too, that I I have always wanted to be a mom ever since I was a little girl. To me, there was no doubt in my mind that motherhood was something that I wanted for my future. I was never one of those girls who thought, oh, I don't know if I want to have kids. I always knew I wanted to have kids just later on in life. So that was always part of the plan. And I always wanted lots of kids too. So um, has anybody ever seen the movie Cheaper by the Dozen? They have 12 kids. And when I saw that, I was like, yes, that's what I want. I want lots and lots of kids, a really big family. And I still have that desire today. So motherhood to me, just felt like something that was a given. And I just knew that it was always going to be a part of my future. So it's something that I never doubted at all. So when it comes to my period and my cycle history, I guess you could say, I got my period the summer after fifth grade. So I remember it very vividly. It was pretty uneventful, but um, I remember I was at my grandma's house, you know, playing with cousins outside and things like that. I went to the bathroom and then I saw blood in my underwear and it didn't surprise me. It didn't shock me. I don't remember having a sex ed conversation yet at that point, but all I did was fold a little piece of toilet paper to make sort of a makeshift pad. And then I went on with my day and went on to play. So I I don't even remember when I ended up telling my mom, it must've been later in the day, just very casually. But to me, it was always just very like, oh, okay, this is just what we do, what we deal with, I guess, as women. 
and I went on with my life. So growing up too, I was very healthy. I was never really sick. I was very active, but in high school, I do remember that I did start experiencing heavy cramping during my period. And there were even a few days where I would stay home from school because the cramping got so bad. And I remember my mom, we really grew up on very, I'll say natural remedies. My mom always gave us some sort of herbal supplement or natural remedy before she would give us medicine. So when I started getting these cramps and I was staying home from school because they were so painful, she gave me some sort of, or she found some sort of tincture. Um, I don't know what was in it. (laughs) I wish I knew now actually, but it helped so much. That was the only thing that I remember being able to remove my cramps and make them feel better. So that's really the extent of my, my cycle. It was never, never really bad. I didn't have heavy bleeding or anything like that. It was pretty normal. At least it felt very normal. So in high school too, I did start dating my now husband, Steve. I started dating him my senior year of high school. We had met before that. We met when I was a freshman, but we didn't start dating until later on. And shortly after we started dating, we actually did move in together. So I got on birth control fairly quickly. I remember I was 17 at the time when I got on birth control. And I mean, of course, at the time I wasn't going to tell my parents that we were sexually active or anything. So I went to the public health center to get my birth control because I was still in my dad's insurance at the time. And I didn't want to go to the doctor and for them to be aware, I guess, that I was getting birth control. So I tried to do it on the side. Uh, this is so embarrassing. I feel like a lot of these details I'm sharing with you that I really haven't shared with anybody else. Uh, and I'm sure my mom's going to listen to this, but yeah, that that's what I did. And so I went to the, the public health center and I, I guess I had an appointment with an OB who was there. I, I'm assuming she was an OB and told her that I wanted to get on birth control. She asked me a few questions. She did a exam, more just like a pelvic exam and a pap smear and basically said, here are your, she didn't give me options. Actually. She just said, here's the pill. Here's what I recommend. Here's when to get it. So they gave me three months at a time. And then I would have to go back in every three months to get my refills. It was all free though. And there was really no discussion about it though. I don't remember her ever going over anything in terms of side effects. It was more just take one of these pills every day and you're good to go. So I didn't really know what it was, what was in it, what it was doing to my body or anything like that, which will come into play later on in the story. But um, what I did like about it at the time, again, me being naive, it felt like it made my period very predictable. So I had, once I started taking birth control, I had this standard 28 day cycle. I had four days of bleeding. So I always knew exactly when my period was going to come. And I knew how many days I was going to bleed for. There were two medium days, two light days. And it just made things really easy because I could work around it essentially. But I never had any cramping or anything. I never had any side effects. It was just really easy. So I just took the pill every day, no problem. And at the time, I didn't realize that it wasn't an actual bleed. It was, you know, part of what the pill um, does. It's like a fake bleed that it gives you. But I thought I was just getting my period month after month. So, so yeah, that was high school, graduated high school. I started working full-time and going to college full-time too. So I was very, again, very active. Um, I would consider myself to still be really healthy at that point, but I was a go-getter. I was a straight-A student. I wanted to graduate college. And even though Steve and I had been dating and 
I mean, we definitely loved each other, but we both wanted kids, but it was something that was not even on our radar at that point. We knew that we wanted to just live life before we had kids. So yeah, started working full-time, went to college. I ended up graduating with my uh, two degrees. We, and then at that point, let me see. So I graduated and then I started working at my full-time job with an insurance company and yeah, it was just us living life at that point. We were traveling a lot, uh, had a stable career trying to, well, I did end up getting a lot of different promotions with work. So really trying to tick off all the boxes, I guess, you know, making sure we had our home, making sure I was increasing my salary, that we were financially stable. So we really wanted to have all of that in place before we even, A, thought about getting married and B, before we even thought about having kids. So all of that really kind of came first in the timeline. So I ended up, well, let's see, we got engaged. That would have been 2016. I think it was like November or December of 2016. So at the time I was 27 years old. So thinking back, I had been on birth control at this point for, no, nine years. I was going to say 10, but I think nine years at that point. So once we got engaged, that was really the first time ever that I seriously started thinking about getting pregnant. That was when I guess you could say the desire was placed on my heart to become pregnant. Um, I still knew that I wasn't ready, still knew that I wanted to wait until I got married, but that's when I really started to think, Hey, this is right around the corner. I'm starting to feel like this could happen and, um, ready for that next step in my life, I guess. So I remember thinking that year when I went to my annual well, actually I should back up because when I ended up getting my full-time job, I did get my own insurance. So I was no longer going to the public health center. I had gone to uh, an actual OB at that point and um, gotten my annual exams through her. So yeah, when I went back the year after we got engaged, I remember vividly, I remember telling her that I, I don't know, I just had this inkling. It was interesting because once I felt ready to start thinking about becoming pregnant, And I knew I was on birth control and obviously I hadn't gotten pregnant that whole time on birth control. So I assumed it was essentially preventing me from getting pregnant. And I just remember thinking, maybe I should ask her if I should get off of this. Do I need to be off of it for a certain amount of time before I actually start trying? You know, what does that look like? And so when I went to my appointment, I asked her, I said, we're newly engaged, definitely want to get pregnant and have a baby soon. So what do you recommend? I just want to make sure A, do I need to get off the pill now? And then B, I remember saying, does everything look okay down there? Does everything look you know, healthy? I had no idea physically or anatomy wise what to look for or what was considered healthy, but I just, I knew she was doing an exam. So I thought, does everything look okay? Am I able to have a baby essentially? And she said, yes, everything looks okay, but don't get off of the pill until you're absolutely ready to have a baby. Because the second that you stop taking that pill, you will get pregnant. You can get pregnant. And so I thought, oh, okay, great. Well, I definitely don't want to be pregnant until we're married. So I'll definitely wait. And I kept taking it against my better judgment, but I kept taking it. So I trusted her, you know, she's a doctor. I thought she knows what she's talking about. She deals with this all the time. And I just assumed, gosh, it's going to be really easy to get pregnant. And I definitely don't want a baby right now. So let me get married and then think about getting off of it at that point. So we had a a decently long engagement, I guess it was about two years. So we ended up getting married when I was 29 years old. And 
That was in August of 2018. And then we ended up going on our honeymoon. So I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll get off the pill right after we get married and then get pregnant on our honeymoon. How fun would that be? That's so, I guess, typical, like the typical dream, right? Get pregnant on your honeymoon and come back with a baby kind of thing. Um, But one of our friends was actually getting married the following year in the Dominican Republic. And so I knew that we were going to be making that international trip and going to their wedding. So again, I thought, well, I don't want to get off the pill yet because we're going to be on that trip. Let me wait until we get back and then we can actually officially start trying. So I stayed on it for a little bit longer. And then in February of 2019, that's when I turned 30 and I officially, officially got off the pill in May of 2019. So I was already 30 at that point. And at that point, I was on the pill now for 12 years. So every year, year after year, 12 years straight, I had been taking the pill, which thinking back, that's crazy. That's a really, really long time. And I didn't think anything of it. I was just thinking, well, I didn't want to get pregnant during those 12 years. Now I do. So I was on it. Now I'm getting off of it. No big deal. And I think too, turning 30, there is definitely something about that number, unfortunately, and just turning 30 and feeling like that biological clock is ticking. And I knew that I wanted lots of kids. And for some reason, I had this perception that you're not able or that you shouldn't get pregnant after 35 because you're going to have babies with, you know, birth defects or like Down syndrome or something like that. And so in my head, I always thought, oh, you're, you can't have babies after 35. So I'm already 30. I need to start trying right away to have as many babies as possible and just have them back to back. So once I got off the pill, I started tracking my period on my Fitbit app, which was just really a basic way of tracking, I guess, more so just to say when my period started, when it ended. And my period was still 28 days. So once I got off the pill, I never had a period or I never had a period of time where my period didn't come back. I I had it right away. And so, um, yeah, it, it seemed normal. There was never any type of issue or anything like that. And my thought process was, well, in order to have a baby, you just have to have sex all the time. So I, we got busy and <laughs> started having sex all the time because we thought that's all you really need to do in order to get pregnant, right? So I knew nothing at that point about ovulation or timing sex accurately or anything. So it's funny because after the first month of us trying and basically just having sex every day, multiple times a day, I took a pregnancy test uh, after that first month and both of us were just really excited and so hopeful and thinking like, yes, we're going to get pregnant finally and have a baby. And we were just, just really excited about all of that. And of course the test was negative. Um, so We thought, okay, well, you know, we kind of just shook it off and thought, we'll just try again next month. We probably got the timing wrong or something. Um, But month two came around and the same thing. We took another test and it was negative. But at that point, we were still really hopeful, really excited. I guess just optimistic too. Like Steve would, you know, kiss my belly thinking like, oh, there's baby in there. And uh, I had gone through a bit of a weight loss journey too, but I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to keep some of these bigger clothes because I can use them for maternity clothes later. And we would go out with friends and I would not drink just in case I was pregnant. I remember too, even planning out the nursery and thinking through that, which I mean, let's be honest, I had had the nursery planned for 
a really long time. I'd had Pinterest boards about <laughs> with a nursery design idea, I guess, well before we had even thought about being pregnant. Please tell me I'm not the only one. Um, but yeah, so we were just, we were still really excited and in the the zone of just, I don't know, growing our family and we just knew it was going to happen and we we're just happy at that point. So we continued with the same pattern, same cycle, um, just trying, trying, trying all the time. But after six months, I still wasn't pregnant. So at that point I thought this, this feels weird. Something must be off. Why would I not be pregnant yet? Still wasn't really wearing on me emotionally or anything. It was just more like, huh, like what's going on? Why, why am I not pregnant yet? So I did make an appointment to go see my OB again. And (laughs) it's so funny too, because the same person who told me, oh, you can get pregnant. You're going to get pregnant instantly. As soon as you stop taking the pill, she then told me once I told her I have been trying and nothing's happened, still not pregnant. She says, oh yeah, well, that's very common. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Really? (laughs) Really common? That would have been good to know, you know, when I was asking initially about getting pregnant in the first place and getting off the pill. But she said, yeah, yeah, that's really common. Um, No big deal. First thing we want to do is just make sure you ovulate. So go home and take some of those ovulation, just go buy those tests or whatever at Target or Walgreens. Um, test out your ovulation, confirm that you actually are ovulating. And at that point, we'll know further about what we need to do or what steps we need to take. So I will say walking out of that appointment, I felt just really frustrated. I mean, for one, it was, I don't know, a 20 minute wait in the waiting room and a three minute visit with the doctor. They asked me a few questions here and there, but she was basically just like, oh yeah, no, that's common. It's no big deal. And here's what you needed to go by this test in the store. And to me, I don't know, it just kind of felt like a a slap in the face a little bit. I didn't really feel, I felt kind of dismissed. I felt like she didn't really ask a lot of questions or try to understand, you know, when we were trying, what we were doing, um, just really anything. It was just go confirm you're ovulating. If you're not, come back and see me and there's more that we can do. So I think at that point, I just felt really... I don't know. I think that's when the shame maybe kind of started to set in too, because I even struggled with telling her in the first place that we hadn't gotten pregnant yet. It was a really weird feeling just articulating that and saying it out loud to somebody, because I think up until that point, we hadn't told any friends, we hadn't told any family or anybody that we were trying. Well, actually I had told my best friend, um, once we started officially trying and I was off the pill, she was the first person, first and only person really that I told. And after that six months, it started to feel like maybe something's wrong, maybe something's off. And I was kind of scared to admit that. And it was hard for me to admit that and even tell this doctor, my OB, that we were trying to get pregnant and we hadn't been able to yet. So once I told her that, it felt really vulnerable for me to be able to even share this. And I feel like I got zero empathy from her. It was just very like, oh, well, yeah, that's common, whatever. Um, Go try these tests and come back if you're not ovulating. So I was kind of turned off, honestly. And I, I thought, okay, well, I wasn't happy with the experience and I ended up not ever going back there. So even to this day, I really haven't gone back. And I know it's not the worst experience. I'm sure people have had, um, different experiences with their doctors, but I just felt like, "Eh, okay, yeah, this isn't for me. It didn't seem like she was really a interested in helping me invested in helping me get pregnant and just didn't really like the, 
the attitude of it, I guess, thinking that it was so common. But I still did what she said. I went to the store. I went to Target. I bought a pack of the ovulation test just to try out. And sure enough, I took it and it did confirm that I was ovulating. At least we can get into that in another episode about the accuracy of those ovulation predictor kits, the OPKs. But based on what the test told me, it says that I was ovulating. So I thought, okay, perfect. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm ovulating. I should be able to get pregnant. But at that point, since I didn't want to go back to the doctor, I started to just do some research on my own and kind of Google things about what I should maybe be doing. At that point, I started taking a prenatal vitamin. Of course, it was like the cheapest one I could find and it was a gummy one. It really wasn't very good. If you're taking one of those, please, there are so many better options. Reach out and I'll let you know. But yeah, I just took a cheap prenatal gummy. I found um, it's a birth control detox drink. It's called Pre-Mama. And I ended up taking that and Steve actually took the male version of it because I thought this must be it. Maybe, maybe I did need to actually detox my body from the birth control pill. And so I think I did two rounds of it. I don't remember what the serving size was. It was so long ago, but we um, tried that out first and I thought, okay, this is, this is probably it. I just probably needed a little bit of a detox and then we'll be able to get pregnant. No problem. So yeah, that was really essentially almost a full year at that point of trying to conceive and we still were not able to get pregnant. So moving into May of 2020, uh, that had already been a year and we still hadn't told anybody in terms of our friends or family. Nobody knew that we had been trying for a year. And again, I think more of that was based on just the shame that I felt, a little bit of embarrassment, but also confusion. I... It just seemed weird that we had been trying for so long and nothing was happening. So I felt very confused as to why we weren't getting pregnant. And I just didn't want to be able to encounter questions from people maybe that I didn't know the answers to, but also I did feel really embarrassed. It's, it's not something that you want to admit to people. You want to be able to tell people, oh, I'm trying. And then the next month you see them, you're pregnant, right? That's that's the time you want to announce to people. You want to be able to tell them the good news, not necessarily the bad news or the struggle. And it was, it was hard. We just really kept it to ourselves at that point. So another thing that I ended up doing is a hormone test through modern fertility. So I, I think I might have found them on Instagram or something. And I was really excited about it because they offered at-home testing. So you just prick your finger and they're able to do a blood test to show different hormone levels. And luckily everything came back normal for me. So that again was another sign that felt encouraging. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm good. There was one marker that was slightly low and thinking back, I'll have to go back and look at the test. I don't remember what it was. I think it might've been AMH that was a little low because all the report said was, uh, this is slightly low, but based on your age, it's not totally out of range. It's just a little bit lower than average or something. So it didn't seem too concerning either way. It wasn't on the real low end of the spectrum or the range that they gave. So I thought, okay, cool. My hormones are balanced. I'm good to go. The next thing that I found was the Ava bracelet and I ended up trying that. So I wore that every month for really a really long time. I think that might've been... I think two years total almost where we ended up using the APA bracelet. Um, I will say again, everything that I tried, I went in thinking this is it. This is why. So with the ovulation predictor kit, 
testing out my ovulation. Okay. Maybe I'm just timing it wrong. Maybe, you know, we've been getting that part wrong. And then with the detox drink, okay, maybe it's just that I needed a birth control detox. So everything that I tried, I felt like this is going to be the answer. This is the reason that I haven't gotten pregnant. And when we tried the Ava bracelet, again, I was hopeful. I thought, I think they made promises on their website and things about different guarantees. There's all these testimonials with people that used it and got pregnant. And so I tracked my cycle through that um, modality, I guess. And one thing about it that I will say, my skin is very sensitive. I've always had really sensitive skin and the Ava bracelet gave me terrible rashes around my wrist where the band was, but also on the top of my wrist too, where the actual sensor itself was. I don't know what that's about. I mean, I'm sure it's just made of some sort of plastic, but it did not agree with my skin. And it was really frustrating that I had to wear this thing every day. And then I would end up getting this like red, itchy, inflamed rash on my wrist. So it was kind of a pain, but I suffered through it, right? In the name of trying to get pregnant. And that was my ultimate goal. So, you know, I just stuck with it and kept trying it. So month after month, um, I would think, okay, I'm having sex on the days it's telling me to, I'm having sex on the day that I'm ovulating. So we should be able to get pregnant. And then month after month still didn't get pregnant. So continuing to try to solve the mystery. And this is probably the first point where it wasn't my lowest point, but there was a little bit of a shift once that first year hit that I started to definitely feel less optimistic, less excited. And it felt more like a little bit more like a chore of things that we were trying to do. And it just felt like, oh, okay, well that didn't work. Let me try something else. Let me try something else. So I felt like it started to really just drain my energy and emotionally and mentally, I was starting to get a little bit more upset month after month and a little irritated. And I think the same with Steve too. And I remember thinking, I remember one day when he came to me, it was, I think I had just gotten my period and we're both, you know, just upset about it and just down about it, I guess is a better way to describe it. Just down. And he came to me and he was like, you know what, what if we've been trying all of these things with you and timing and stuff, but what if it's me? And up until that point, I had never thought, I just automatically assumed it was something wrong with me or my body or something was off, but I never really thought about his sperm count potentially being an issue. So we ended up buying an at-home sperm test that he took and I thought, okay, this is it. I bet it's, that's all it is. It's just his and maybe we can improve it and it'll be good. But then his results came back normal too. So I thought, okay, well, back to the drawing board, back to square one. Let's figure out what else is going on. So that at that point, once I knew his results were normal, for some reason, I still ended up putting that pressure back on myself and thinking, okay, there's, there must be something wrong with me that I'm just not finding out. You know, we've got to see what's going on here. So, um, yeah, I just felt at that point, I just wanted to take it into my own hands and try to figure out what was going on. So we did a few more things. Um, I didn't go back to that same OB because again, I felt like she just really was dismissive and wasn't super helpful. So I ended up finding a doctor through Parsley Health, which is an online doctor service, I guess. And they're functional doctors though. So what I liked about that approach is that they work to find the root cause of what's going on. And I thought maybe there's something more under underlying that I'm just not picking up on or that I'm not realizing. So my whole goal with signing up for them was to be able to get pregnant. And once I worked with the doctor, she 
She did a lot of different blood tests. She's looked for nutrient deficiencies and ended up putting me on a bunch of different supplements. And then it comes with a health coaching service too. So I would meet with a health coach and we would go over uh, eating and stress management and different things like that. So all in all, I think it was really insightful and found out a few different things because at this point in my journey, I felt like my health was starting to decline. I think when we first started trying, I felt really good. I felt really energized. And then once we, yeah, once I was getting my period week after week or month after month, I started to really emotionally eat and I started to gain weight. Other than that though, other than the weight gain, I really didn't have any other symptoms necessarily. So I wouldn't say that I was unhealthy or that I was having any type of reactions or symptoms. I felt healthy still. I was just maybe in a little bit of a bigger body than when I started the journey. So one thing that the blood test revealed to me was a few different things. Um, The first being high inflammation markers. So I later found out that was due to a lot of different things, but I was also borderline Hashimoto's, which is essentially a hypothyroidism issue. So my thyroid was overactive and then I was borderline insulin resistant too. So almost basically pre-diabetic. And with that, we tried a couple of different things. I started taking a desiccated thyroid supplement to support my thyroid health and I guess not necessarily cure the Hashimoto's because I wasn't officially diagnosed with it, but just in order to rebalance my thyroid hormones. And then she also gave me a CGM tracker, which is a continuous glucose monitor. It's essentially something that you uh, wear on your arm. You've probably seen people on Instagram and stuff that have it, but it's a little device that you put on the back of your arm and it pricks your blood, I guess, and um, allows you to get live real-time blood sugar monitoring. It's usually used for diabetics, but in this case, since I was borderline insulin resistant, she wanted me to be able to use that and track how my foods and the things that I was eating were affecting my blood sugar. So that was really insightful because I actually learned that I tend towards lower blood sugar. So if I didn't eat breakfast right away, or if I skipped meals, my blood sugar would tank really, really low to where it was almost like dangerous levels. And, um, yeah, it was just really insightful to be able to see the different foods that I ate and how my blood sugar reacted and responded. So those were a few things I was doing on the side with the Parsley Health Doctor and just trying to heal my body overall and just improve my health. So again, really insightful information, but again, back to the fertility piece, One thing that I ended up doing was just a deep dive to get as much information about fertility as as I could. So I started Googling things. I started reading blog posts. I started listening to a bunch of different podcasts. I was reading books. I was taking courses, signing up for group programs, anything and everything that promised or talked about fertility and promised that they would help you get pregnant. I did. And I took as many as I could find. So I was just in full-blown research mode and trying to get the answers to the missing piece. Because at this point, I mean, we were still trying month after month and I still wasn't able to ever get pregnant. Another thing that I added too. So on top of the Ava bracelet, I also added in the Mira tracker and the Uva tracker. So both of those, um, they're not wearable devices, but they're, I don't even know how to describe them. You essentially pee on a stick 
every morning to and then you insert it into the little devices and then they give you a reading of your hormone levels real time so it'll measure they each measure different things but they measure uh, your estradiol your progesterone levels and it's essentially to see if you are ovulating or not so it's a little more advanced than the ovulation predictor kits but it gives you more data and more information so, but Regardless, I was doing all three at once from a tracking standpoint. And one thing that I kind of got tuckered out on all the tracking because I would get conflicting results. So on one day, the Ava would say that I was ovulating, but then according to Mira, I was ovulating on a different day. And then according to Uva, I was ovulating on a different day altogether. And so it was just really, again, confusing, conflicting, and I didn't know what to trust or who to trust at that point, because it just felt like, okay, well, do I have sex on all three days? What are we supposed to do? And not only that, I think at this point too, I was spending so much money on all of the different supplements I was taking, ordering the tracker refill pieces, the little wands that you have to use. I was ordering those month after month. I was taking up a ton of time just doing that every morning and, you know, monitoring my blood sugar and taking all the different supplements and remembering things. And then logging into the courses and listening to the podcasts. And I was just spending every spare moment, every single spare second that I had to try to figure out what was wrong with me and why I wasn't getting pregnant. So I just became completely obsessed with all things fertility at this point, which was helpful because I learned a ton about my body and things that as a 30 year old, 30 year old woman, I had I just didn't, I couldn't believe that I didn't learn some of these things until I was 30. It was just, it's crazy that these things aren't taught to us and that it's not common knowledge. But yeah, I was just spending a ton of time, a ton of money. I was working really, really hard. And then I still wasn't getting pregnant. So I was like, what's happening? What's going on? Why am I still not pregnant? So at that point, I think it just really started to wear on me and I could no longer hide the emotional and mental toll that this was taking on me. My well-being was significantly impacted. I I just felt sad all the time. I felt really ashamed because I felt like my body was broken, like it wasn't working, like it wasn't doing the one thing that it was designed to do as a woman. And I didn't want to tell anybody about that. I didn't want to admit that I felt like a failure as a woman. I felt like a failure as a wife. I was embarrassed to admit that I, that there was something in my life that I wanted really bad and I wasn't able to achieve it. No matter how, how hard I worked, no matter how much money I put towards it, no matter how much time I put towards it, I still wasn't able to get pregnant. And it was hard. It was I can confidently say it was the hardest time of my life to this date. And I started to get really jealous too. So once I realized that I wanted to have a baby so bad and that there were so many women around me who were getting pregnant, whether it be friends, whether it be just family members, people on Instagram that would be posting about it, um, you know, random celebrities, people at the grocery store. I just felt like everyone around me was getting pregnant and having a baby except me. And it would make me mad. I, I hate to admit this, but I would get angry because it wasn't happening to me. I felt bitter towards them. I felt really sad, really depressed. 
And I just remember seeing, you know, different announcements, different pregnant women and holding back the tears. Like I just wanted to cry so bad. I didn't let myself, but I just wanted to cry so, so bad. And I would just stuff down my feelings. I would just feel that pit in my stomach and would just continue to stuff it down and not work through it at all. It was just really, really hard everywhere I went. It just felt like there were pregnant women and new pregnancy announcements all over the place. So that part was hard. That part was really, really hard. And I think, I don't want to say I hid it from Steve because I think he saw the shift and the change in me for sure more than anybody else because he's the only other one really other than my best friend that knew we were trying, Um, obviously, because we were trying to get there. But um, even with him, I don't know that I was fully honest with how I was feeling and how bad I was feeling. I would still try to hide a lot of it. He would still see me cry. He would still see me break down from time to time. But it's so hard to describe when you want something so bad and you can't have it. It's That sounds silly when I say it out loud. Like It sounds like, oh, you're like a toddler throwing a tantrum. You know, you can't have something and you're just throwing a tantrum about it. But it's just this like aching internal desire on your heart when you know that you not only want to be a mom, but you're meant to be a mom and it's not happening for you and you don't know why and you don't understand why it's not happening. If it will ever happen, you start to doubt if it's even a possibility. You start to doubt your future. You start to, you have this vision of your life when you first start trying and you always picture your baby in it thinking like, oh yeah, well, when the baby comes, we're going to do this. And when the baby comes, we're going to do this. And when that baby doesn't come, it's heartbreaking. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's just, it's heartbreaking. And I, I started to just feel like a shell of my former self. I felt like I was just on autopilot. Like I was going through the motions every day, no matter, I would be triggered by other things too, not even just pregnancy announcements, but I was just, I was sad. I was depressed. I felt like I was holding back tears constantly And it almost felt like, am I being punished? Did I do something wrong? You know, I thought I was a good person. I tried to do my best in life. I felt like I'm a good, good human being. So why, why am I not getting pregnant? What am I being punished for? What did I do? And it was just really, really, really challenging. I just started to feel very hopeless. It felt like it would never happen for me, but also at the same time, that's all I wanted. That's all I could think about. So it felt like so out of reach, but at the same time, it's the only thing I could ever think about. My mind was just consumed with getting pregnant all day long. And I, again, I was obsessed with it, completely obsessed with getting pregnant. And it still just felt like something was missing from my life that without a baby in my life, something was missing. So I remember distinctly too. Every time I would get my period, I, at first, you know, I'd get my period and it would be, oh, it's a disappointment. Okay. Let's try again next month. No problem. Try again next month. No problem. But at some point, I guess probably about a year, year and a half in that honestly, to me, it felt like it was a miscarriage. Every time that I would get my period, it felt like that blood was the baby that I could have had that I should have had that was meant to be mine. And it wasn't with me. It was no longer with me. So I, I never got pregnant. I never actually experienced a miscarriage and my heart absolutely goes out to everybody that does because 
I don't know how I would have been able to handle that because for me, every time I got my period, it felt like I was miscarrying. It felt like, you know, the the lining, the endometrial lining that was shedding and the egg that was being released that came out in my period was a baby, a potential for life inside of me that never grew and never happened. And so that was very traumatic for me month after month. Um, you know, I would break down when I had my period and it was really hard because it's like, I knew it was coming. I, there was a point where it just felt like, well, what's the point of even trying because month after month, I'm just going to get my period. And I got to the point where I didn't even want to try anymore. I didn't want to have sex anymore because I thought if, if I don't have sex this cycle, then that means for sure, I'm not going to get pregnant. And I'm okay with that because at least at that point, it's something that I controlled. And I knew that if I didn't have sex, I wouldn't get pregnant. And it felt like that was the answer. Like, let me just stop trying for a second because I could not handle that disappointment that came month after month after month. Every time my period came, it was just devastating to me. And I remember specifically one one day when we had some friends over for dinner and these are really good friends of ours and we had them over for dinner and I knew, well, these friends, so they had at that time, they had a little girl already and I knew that they had wanted more kids and everything. We had them over for dinner, the little girl, and I was always really close with their little girl and everything. And she's super sweet. And they came over and we were just having dinner, having a good time or whatever. And then they both looked at each other kind of like, okay, you ready? You ready? And at that moment, I knew, I just knew what they were about to say. And they looked over at each other, glanced at each other, looked at us and said, well, we have something really exciting to share with you guys. And again, I just knew I felt it. I was just so tense in my body and I felt this uh, wave of anger, frustration come over me. And they said, we're pregnant, we're expecting. And I, I didn't lose it, but I was holding back tears. It was so, so hard, but I was holding those tears back and I forced out a smile and I forced out a congratulation when in reality, the inside, my heart was just breaking and tears were wanting to just flood out. And oh, it was so hard because I couldn't even be happy for them. In in reality, I I was mad. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was so jealous. And here it was, a very good friend of ours who I knew had wanted another baby and who was trying. They got pregnant and I couldn't even be happy for them. I was mad. I was upset. I was angry. And I got through dinner that night, not very well. I basically downed a bottle of wine and just you know, kept drinking to try to hide my emotions that night. And once they left though, I completely lost it. I broke down and I was sobbing. I was crying. I was just like, why, why is this happening? Why am I still not pregnant? What's going on? And yeah, I just, I had a breakdown and that was the first time really, I just felt like I was falling apart from the inside out. And it almost felt like life wasn't worth living if I couldn't get pregnant. And that was a very dark and scary thought for me because I'd never thought that before. I mean, I love life. I love my life. And the idea of 
living life, going on with life and not having a baby. I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't worth it at that point. And that scared me. And to me, that was my wake up call. Like if I'm, I'm not going to say I actually contemplated suicide because it was a very brief moment in time where I was just like, well, what's the point? What's the point of living if I can't have a baby? But it scared me and it jolted me into action. And I knew at that point that something needed to change because I did not like who I was becoming. I didn't like the person that I was. And I I just wanted to feel like myself again. I have always been a very optimistic, joyful, encouraging, you know, happy person. And this fertility journey was turning me into a angry, bitter, jealous, mad, sad, hopeless, just low energy, low vibe person that I didn't want to be around anymore. So yeah, that's, that was my wake up call where I thought, you know what? I, I need to do something different. Something absolutely has to change. And I will say before I move on to the next section of the story is that one of the things too, that really got me down was that I was at my breaking point. I was experiencing the lowest point of my life. And even though I was falling apart from the inside out, nobody even knew. Nobody even realized. Nobody even reached out or said like, hey, is everything okay? You seem off. You seem, seems like something's wrong. Are you okay? No one ever asked me if I was okay. And I don't blame other people. It's more that I was so good at hiding how I felt. I was completely broken inside and nobody even knew. And I think secretly, I just wanted someone to ask me. I just wanted to open up and to talk to somebody about how I was feeling because I I just needed that outlet. I needed to know that somebody else understood what I was feeling, what I was going through. I wanted a little bit of empathy. I wanted somebody to acknowledge that everything's going to be okay because I did not feel like it was going to be okay. And that's a big reason why I'm starting this podcast too, is because I felt like I didn't have anybody on this journey to talk to and to go through this with. And I hope that if you are suffering and you are struggling, you do not have to go through this alone. I know how hard and how challenging it can be to tell your friends and tell your family and people that are close to you. I know the shame that can be accompanying you in this journey. And if you don't want to talk to them about it and you're feeling this way, you can talk to me about that. I would love for you to reach out to me on Instagram. You can shoot me an email. Let's start that dialogue, but you do not have to go through this alone. And I just want you to know that there are other women out here who feel the way you feel, who are going through what you've been going through and it will be okay. You will be okay. And I'm here for you. We are here for you. And I just want to ensure that you don't feel alone. And that's ultimately why I'm here and why I'm sharing this today. So I am going to wrap this part up. Um, This was my, was, this is part one of a part two, or this is part one of a series. So I'll be sharing part two in an upcoming episode and continuing with what happened next after I've just really hit my rock bottom in the fertility journey. After two years in, two years of trying with not being able to get pregnant at all and feeling like I had tried anything and everything. So 
um, yeah, looking forward to sharing and continuing to express what happened and um, how things went for me. And I just wanted to say too, that I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you listening in. And again, the invitation is out here. Feel free to reach out, send me a DM on Instagram at Blossoming Fertility or shoot me an email. It's at, it's hello at blossomingfertility.com. But I would love to connect with you and I would love to be able to support you and be there for you on your journey too. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening in and I will catch you on the next episode. All right, friend, that's it for today. It was great catching up with you though. And I can't wait to do it again next week. Can I just say, I really appreciate you being here and it means so much that you took time out of your day to listen in. So what'd you think of the episode? Let me know if you enjoyed it by leaving a rating and review. It'll just take a second, and this simple act of generosity helps more women discover the podcast so they can feel supported on their fertility journey as well. Thank you for being so kind and paying it forward. Oh yeah, and by the way, if you're looking to connect with other women who are trying to get pregnant, then I've got just the place for you. Consider this your personal invitation to join the Fertility Friends community. It's a safe and supportive space to connect that's off of social media, and it's totally free head on over to blossomingfertility.com slash friends to join. I can't wait to welcome you inside. Take care, my friend.